Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner sits down with me for a few minutes for a conversation on Lincoln Live. Good morning to you. How are you? I'm doing really well. I want to talk about the the grass fires in southern Lancaster County. We'll get to that, which seems like ancient history. I've talked to, because I was involved with it with my son, a a tractor and a a disc. Uh, It just seems like I've talked to so many different people, but that's been two weeks ago. Yes, it has been. And uh, there's a lot to talk about there. Uh, But I want to get to this this beef bust okay and it's it's unusual it's odd it's clever it's huge it's huge yeah. it's multi-state so peel back okay. the layers so, uh in june we took a report of an abandoned semi-trailer in the south, southwest part of the county that that was the only case that's the only case we, we get down there itself. find out that trailer had been stolen from grand island and it was in a in a holding area where they load trucks with meat and then set them there, and then a trucking company comes and picks that trailer up and hauls it to its destination. So we we heard about that, and then we heard they had two other trailers stolen as well, and those were recovered by the state patrol on Interstate 80. So th- the next day, we had a tractor stolen from um, Emerald, Nebraska, from a repair facility out there, and almost simultaneously, we had another trailer stolen from Shoemaker's Truck Stop. So. As those cases are, are getting the information on those cases, we get a report of an abandoned tractor trailer in the southwest part of the county again near Highway 33 and Southwest 100th, and it's our stolen tractor and trailer from the day before. That trailer also had beef in it that had come from Sioux City and had been dropped at Shoemaker's uh, awaiting another driver from another company. So we started figuring out there had to be a common denominator, you know, with a trailer stolen at Shoemaker's, the three trailers stolen from the uh, packing uh, facility in Grand Island. And uh, through cell information, we were able to isolate uh, about three phone numbers that were germane to all three of, of those locations and started doing more work on on potential victims. And we in law enforcement haven't done a very good job of contacting or getting the information out to other jurisdictions that, hey, we just had a truck of stolen meat stolen. And uh, so then we started finding out, in, you know, Nebraska and Iowa, South Dakota has the majority of packing houses in this nation, Kansas. Um, we were discovering stolen semis that occurred in Iowa, uh, in South Dakota, North Dakota, and Minnesota. So with the help of uh, Homeland Security investigators, uh, we contacted uh, uh, DOT checkpoints in other states. Uh, we, we were pretty sure the meat was headed for Florida, and so we started concentrating in those areas. So altogether, uh, we arrested three men in Florida. Each uh, had a load of stolen meat at the time they were arrested. So uh, the Florida Highway Patrol and the Homeland Security Task Force down there uh, made the stop and made the arrest on those three men. So we're still we're still working to identify potential victims, and we're still working to identify who may else who else may be involved and where's the meat going to. That's the, the other question is. Who's buying all this stolen meat? So, you know, when I remember this summer after we took that report and I'm driving along and there's a a uh, 
tent set up with beef for sale, and I'm thinking, I wonder if that's our stolen meat. Um, I, I don't know. And, and processed meat is very difficult to trace. You know, it doesn't have an individual serial number, and you might have a lot number on a box that contains, you know, 60 pounds of meat, but it's real difficult to trace uh, that commodity. So we're still working that case. But it, $9 million bucks worth of, worth of uh Beef and trailers recovered so far. Nicely done. I just want to give a polite golf clap. That's that's a really impressive investigation. Unlike drugs that you can hide in luggage, right. in body parts of an automobile, you just can't steal a trailer full of beef and put it in the back of a U-Haul. It's got to be refrigerated. You have to keep it frozen and or cold. Yes. Yes. And the infrastructure, I'm amazed at the infrastructure that went into place in order to to realize the logistics of unhooked trailers loaded with beef at Grand Island, for yes. heaven's sakes. That takes some surveillance. Well, and I think I think every packing house has, has a facility like that. Has they, that process. They load yeah. the trailers. They have an in-house tractor that hauls them to a, yeah. a, a location waiting for the trucking company to come take delivery of it. So... They were smart, well, smart enough to realize that they were going to be able to find that, and you know it wasn't too difficult for them to, to find packing houses that have mm-hmm. trailers. So it really was a a company, you know, very similar to a trucking company. Three trucks. They had a couple of trailers. They would come up, steal another trailer, transfer that meat over to uh, one of their trailers, and haul it down to Florida. So they're similar but different and certainly not legal. So I know they stole trailers because the trailers had the meat in them. Did Correct. they steal tractors too? Only only insofar, like here, they stole the tra- tractor because those are very traceable. Yes. You know, they've got license plates. Yes. They've got to stop at uh, at DOT checkpoints in, in multiple states. So they don't want stolen tractors. So they stole a tractor here simply to steal uh, the other trailer and then haul that trailer down to meet up with their, their truck tractor. and tractor and offload that meat and then just leave the truck and trailer there. And then to go beyond our borders, the state of Nebraska, yeah. and then try to get uh, any cross-referenced information from other states. One of our, a, one of our investigators who was uh, the key investigator on the stolen uh, bulldozers earlier this year recovered um, about $350,000 worth of heavy equipment that was stolen and transported to southwest eastern Missouri, if you remember that case in the Beltway. Uh, he was instrumental. Nick Heitman uh, was the key investigator in this case, along with one of our analysts that did a lot of the, um, did all the heavy lifting and, and connecting the dots on this case. Still don't know where the meat is going. Still or, don't or know where the meat's going. No. Went, went. But any any suspicion? It's more than just these three Miami guys. That, that I I don't know, and I'm really not at liberty it's to say. Yeah. Still in the process still, of still investigation. Working. But that's impressive. Nine million dollars worth of beef. Yes. From the so, from the mul- you add all the math up from the other states. Yep, forty five truckloads of of meat. Now, this is way off topic, way off script here. I know that 
money was there money was there was there cash no we have no too? we have not drive right, well where i was going was the drug interdiction when you have drug and, cash and and there and there may very well be some asset forfeiture in this case if they can if um, the homeland security investigators in florida can determine that there were houses or cars uh, or large bank accounts that are money derived from this criminal enterprise mm -hmm. that can be seized mm -hmm. and that might very well happen in florida Interesting. Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner here. Uh, I haven't shaved for today. <laughs> I, I haven't. This brings up no shave November. Uh, how many years has this been going on? Oh, three or four now. Um, I think it's a great idea. A month-long it, 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 no It's, it's two months. Um, so two the deputies months. have to pay. They don't have to pay. They get to contribute <laughs> to a charity, uh, whatever charity was chosen, uh, $50 a month. And they get to shave for those not they get not to shave for those two months. Our our support staff, plain clothes staff, they get to do casual Friday every day for the month. That's uh, what they get to uh, for their fifty dollars. So uh, we started it. One of the deputies made the suggestion we weren't going to do it uh, th this year. We're doing the pink patches, you know, for mm -hmm. breast cancer awareness. And wrote a proposal with the recipient of the donated funds going to the Child Advocacy Center. So, um, of course, you know, I'm a little biased. I'm on the board of directors, uh, you know, and was one of the founding uh, people in the CAC. So I said, okay. Um, you have a soft spot in your heart uh, for that. So on the 2nd of November, we unveiled and Paige Piper, the executive director for Brave Bee Child Advocacy Center, came down and by the second of November we already had twenty two hundred or twenty five hundred dollars uh donated from deputies and and given to, to Paige then. So we could you know we could raise either between five and seven thousand dollars from the employees. So nice. And the deputies who don't have to shave and those who get to dress casually are winners too. They love it. Yes, yeah, they love they're it. They're winners too. All right. I'm, I'm going to make a donation, but I'm going to shave anyway. I just, I'm not a beard <laughs> it just guy. Just drives you nuts. Yeah, it does. You just have that yeah, unshaven yes. look. Uh, to the grass fires. Okay. That was very impressive. I, I was privileged to be able to be allowed inside that effort and between state patrol, sheriffs, departments, game and parks officers, game and parks Saline County it. deputies. Uh, there were a lot of officials out there, and everybody seemed to be coordinated enough. What appeared to look like chaos was coordinated, and it was impressive to see volunteers, first responders uh, from 24 different rural agencies out there. I think what was really impressive were all the farmers, and that was an unorganized, nobody, nobody orchestrated, nobody got that together mm -hmm. but it was so well orchestrated i mean they went to they kind of went to their each of their neighbors they circled their houses with their discs to create that fire break there um, one of our deputies lives right on the east edge or on the west edge of olive creek lake and and the fire was close to his house and so a neighbor stopped by took a couple swaths with his disc to make that fire break and and, and i'm sure saved saved that house so the volunteers the farmers you know we, you know we're getting paid to be out there and do that sort of thing all these folks are volunteers all the firemen all the farmers um you know 
I didn't. I wouldn't have even thought about livestock in a situation mm-hmm. like this. But the event center stood up and opened up their facility so that livestock could be transported away from the fire zone and and housed. And that what a great what a great thing that was. Lincoln Public Schools offered Southwest High School for those people that we were evacuating from the path of the fire. So it was it was really impressive to see the community come together and to see everybody work together and then see a really quick conclusion to all that. You said it best when you said we just stand back and get out of the way. I thought that was a perfect way to describe it. You know, I was responsible. Yeah, I was down at the uh, emergency operations center, you know, and that's a, a, you know, run by emergency management and all of all the agencies have a representative in there. And then, you know, you communicate with your peers in there along, you know, with your folks in the field. And it was really, really well organized there. The incident command was down near the fire zone. It just really worked well. And and, uh, it's a good it's a good example of how well um, public safety and emergency services work together in Lancaster County. Along with private citizens. Along with private citizens. And, you know, always, without without private citizens' assistance, we couldn't do our job. I think the fires would have been much more difficult mm-hmm. to control had it not been for those farmers. So many scenes rewind in my mind. One that I think of is a woman who's out there in a plum-colored dress, and she has a garden hose, and she's hosing down the side of her house. As I see three tractors, my son's one of them, going around in circles around their yard to protect. Mm -hmm. And I drove up to her. I wanted to make sure she was going to be okay. I said, are you here by yourself? Nope. My husband and family are on the other side doing the same thing. I said, okay. Just wanted to make sure and drove off. I'll never see her again. Don't even know how to get to her house again. But it was just one of those moments where you do what's good to do yes. for other people at the time they may need it yeah. and then you go on to your business i went down there on monday and uh one of the deputies who had worked on sunday and who had transported uh that uh, assistant fire chief from crete mm-hmm. he, tra- he transported him in his patrol car to an ambulance on highway 77 but he had um gone to a couple of houses and these folks this woman was in her 90s her daughter lived right next door in her 70s and they weren't going to evacuate uh, they were just going to shelter in place, and he was worried. And so, when I when I saw him on Monday, he was just coming back from that house, making sure that they were okay. So it was, uh, yeah, it was horrendous. Yeah, but it was a great effort, a demonstration of what Nebraskans do when they need to do you bet. it. Yep. They do. Terry, it's been good to talk to you again. Nice, nice to see you. Y'all ready for winter? Oh no, not quite. Nah, <laughs> I'm still, I'm oh, still and picking up leaves. You know? <laughs> That's, I still have to do some more of that. Always good catching up with Lancaster County Sheriff Terry Wagner with me on Lincoln Live.